0: Furnished by its producer, host, and sponsor. And with that, we say
1: it is time for Crossroads of Rockland, presented by the Historical Society of Rockland County.
0: Good morning, and welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County, and our topic today is the current exhibition at the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives, entitled From Holland to Here. The Historical Society of Rockland County is a non-profit educational institution and principal repository for original documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Blauvelt House located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. It's listed on the National Register of Historic Places and a newly designated New York State Path Through History site. Part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland County with the people of Rockland. We rely on financial support from people just like you. If you're interested in becoming a member of the society or becoming a volunteer, please visit our website at rocklandhistory.org. Before we begin the program today, I'd like to remind our listeners that this is a call-in show, and we welcome your phone calls. Our phone lines will be open throughout the broadcast, so please call us if you have a comment or a question. We'd love to hear from you. Our number here is 845-362-0013. That's 845-362-0013. I'm delighted to be speaking about the new exhibition entitled, From Holland to Here at the Orangetown Museum. And I'm pleased to welcome the curator of this exhibition, Elizabeth Scrabonia. Thanks for being here, Elizabeth. Before we learn about the exhibition, Would you take a moment to tell our listeners
1: about yourself? Well, Claire, thank you very much for inviting me. Um, Well, I've been working as a curator for over 25 years. I have a BFA and an MFA in fine arts. I've worked at Parsons School of Design and been an adjunct professor of art and art history at several colleges in New Jersey. I was uh, the curator-in-residence for the Kustushko Foundation in New York City, where I catalogued and cared for their collection of mostly 19th-century artwork, and I've been curator at the Orange Town Museum for almost nine years. So what prompted the Orangetown Museum to take on the topic of early Dutch settlers in Orangetown? Well, we knew that 2015 marked the 90th reunion year of the ABD, which is the Association of Blauvelt Descendants. So I wanted to present an exhibit that would somehow tell the story of who these Dutch descendants were, and also to present kind of a visual image of the rich culture that existed in the Netherlands in the 17th century.
0: So had this idea been in the works for a long time? Had you been thinking about it for for a while?
1: Well, you know, I started working through this idea from the winter and spring of 2014. And so tell
0: a bit about uh, the process that you and your colleagues go through to determine the scope of an exhibition.
1: Well, it all starts with research. You have to understand your topic and perfect a point of view to present it to your visitorship we had a really unique opportunity to tell a completely local story about the earliest Dutch settlers of Orange Town and to place it kind of within its European context. So for this, I prepare the museum historical text panels. I I break up the story so that it engages the public. And then um, we do a distribution analysis of the artifacts and early on choose a, a color palette that we stick with throughout the installation. A special bonus that um, I had to work with, of course, besides the fabulous collection of George Way, which I'll talk about later, was working with the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam. In typically Dutch fashion, the Rijksmuseum opened up its collection to the world for its use. So we were able to grasp digitally some amazing images to incorporate into our signage. With this exhibit, um, we also include a screening room showing the film Blauvelt's An American Journey, as well as a computer setup with Ancestry.com to encourage folks to research their own heritage. So the exhibition is is really
0: extraordinary and it is because for many reasons. So let's start with the collection of art and antiques from the collection of George Way. Mm. First, tell us who who is George Way and how did you come to know him?
1: Well, George Way is really America's premier collector of 17th century Dutch art and artifacts. I did not, however, know this when I first wrote him a letter after reading an article about him in the Staten Island Advance. I had already started putting the From Holland to Here aspect of the exhibit together and was really just looking to borrow some original artifacts History exhibits, as you know, need objects, original objects that contain stories and helped present kind of that special magic from the past. Well, George called me at the museum as soon as he got my letter, and he said, when do we start? So uh, I'm assuming you went to visit him to see
0: his collection in person Tell us about that experience, about your initial reaction, and what that was
1: like. Oh, I I was stunned. Our museum director, Mary Cardenas, and I took a trip out to Staten Island, where George lives. Um, The basic takeaway is you see a total joy in collecting with each piece of furniture, painting and object meticulously and lovingly placed. Um, What is of particular note is how George's collection shows really a true picture of the total span of life in the 1600s, and a particularly Dutch sensibility with regards to the beauty of objects that are used every day. And then there are the portraits. Well, you know, the Dutch school as exemplified by Rembrandt, began to show us a window onto the soul of the sitter. George's portrait collection, from the miniatures to the large format works, they engage the viewer directly. It's really remarkable.
0: So his collection is vast, I understand, and um, how did you determine what pieces to put on the exhibition? And Did you let the narrative of the exhibition help you determine the pieces, or did you see the pieces and decide to to form the narrative from those?
1: Well, George and I worked together, and all the items displayed, with the exception of the Blauvel Family Bible, everything is from his collection. And since what he had covered really a, a quite wide range, spanning furniture, painting, silver, brass, Delft, the, the selection of this um, over 130 pieces, really kind of established A visual inventory of the period so it's almost the objects um kind of directed the installation um and of course
0: the most important thing is to place all of these objects in context and that's not easy to do in a small space and with a 21st century audience Mm. so tell us about that did you find did you find that challenging
1: oh certainly Well, the art and artifacts on display really brought home the essence of the exhibit, kind of the secular nature of the paintings, the incredibly beautiful everyday objects, the color scale, and even the Baroque background period music. It all really kind of helped to transport the visitor and and help them consider this specific time period. It is very challenging, but because I had access to such a, such a diverse and complex collection that each, each item really added to the story of who the Dutch were. You're listening to W.R.C.R.
0: and Crossroads of Rockland History. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County. Our topic today is the current exhibition at the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archive entitled From Holland to Here. And my guest is the exhibition's curator, Elizabeth Scrabonia. If you have a comment or a question, please feel free to call us. The number here is 845-362-0013. That number, once again, is 845 362 So despite the fact that they were ousted by the British in 1664, the Dutch had a profound influence in our area. Tell us about uh, an object in the exhibition that in your view really speaks to that
1: influence. Well, hmm. I think there are actually a few paintings in the exhibit that portray everyday life, children playing couples dancing, drinking, enjoying a fine meal. These paintings kind of point to the importance of the family to the Dutch, as well as that whole concept of hearth and home and just just everyday life. It, I think this is a Dutch gift to American culture that really developed in Orange Town, and it enhanced our developing culture here. And the Dutch presented a sharp contrast to their British neighbors, didn't they? Oh yeah, they did. Um, one important diff- difference is that inheritance was allowed on the female line. Wives and daughters could inherit property, which was not the case under the British.
0: And aside from the pieces from the collection of George Way, tell us about uh, some of the other things that are important in the exhibition and why.
1: Well, the Blavell Family Bible is an extraordinary artifact. Beautifully hand-printed in the Dutch language, it followed many generations of Blavert descendants. And there, on the um, entry pages, there are handwritten entries that mark the births, deaths, and marriages in their family. So it's really a it's really a wonderful artifact.
0: And they, they the Blaverts, certainly were one of the largest Dutch families in this area, weren't they?
1: Oh yes, they certainly were
0: and they still have a very organized, large group full of genealogists and history enthusiasts working continuously to learn more and more about their family. Um, are there other families with local connections that you know of that are doing similar work?
1: You know, I don't think anyone does it as well as the Blaufelds. I mean, just this past weekend, they they had this massive 90th reunion celebration. They had a reception on the museum grounds. Uh, they really are a genealogical wonder, quite organized in traditional Dutch fashion, I guess. And
0: my understanding is there's over 10,000 of, of uh, the descendants that are actively participating in the group. Now, um, as you said, they the, a group of them came here to Orangetown and they had a weekend sort of reunion. About how many came to visit you guys?
1: Well at the museum I think there were about 60, 70 folks came by and as the evening progressed they were sharing family stories, they read every label that we had printed, all of the panels, which was delightful from a curator from that point of view as well. They were wonderful guests, and it really, it really brought home how important this exhibit was to do, just to show what the Dutch families were like, and and seeing them and their children like that kind of continuum. Mm-hmm. So it was great.
0: So. I I, I visited the exhibition, um, and I plan to go back. It's, it's extraordinary. I mean, the, the pieces in this exhibition are of the quality and caliber that you find in the Metropolitan Museum, the Rijksmuseum, and, 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 and places like that. And to have it here locally in Rockland is really something extra special, and I certainly encourage people to visit. Um, so tell our listeners um, when
1: the exhibition's open and, um, you know, when people can visit. Well, our exhibition is open on Tuesdays and Fridays from 10 to 2, and on Sundays from 1 to 4. And the Orangetown Museum, we're located at 196 Chief Bill Harris Way in Orangeburg, New York, but um, the GPS really recognizes the previous name of our street, which is Blaisdell Road. Right, so it's the corner of Blaisdell and Orangeburg
0: Road. and so on Friday when your group of Blaauwbilt descendants visited, George Way was there. Yes, he was. And he was there to sort of do a lead a gallery talk with mm-hmm. them. Um tell us a little bit about his personality and why it's it's really a
1: special opportunity to see this with him. Oh, George is a, is a big guy with a big heart and has a lot to say. I think also when you are talking to a collector they have um, more knowledge than just dating a piece and um, kind of uh, registering the value. He has an emotional connection with all of the objects he owns. They're like his children and as Parents, you know, we delight in speaking of our children. While listening to George speak of his collection is is on that type of a caliber. We are having a special Sunday at the museum with George on Sunday, November eighth at one o'clock. It'll be a champagne reception. So, if anyone listening to this is curious about who this guy is and and um, what he's like, I'd encourage them to come by. Yeah,
0: I, I certainly will be there, and okay. I, um, I certainly encourage everyone to come. George Way began his collection, you know,
1: when he was a young man. I mean, he
0: actually a boy, correct?
1: Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I mean, one of the one of the stories he likes to tell is about finding a beat up chair in the basement rectory of this local parish and ma- making a deal with the priest to get a hold of this chair and he tells us that he used to take the ferry, the Staten Island ferry to the city and hang out at the Metropolitan Museum as a young teenager and the Dutch rooms were the quietest and that dark furniture and those evocative paintings, they just appealed to him and he's self-educated in that, in that so He kind of amassed his knowledge just, just from that, that love and that interest.
0: And his profession, you know, how he makes a living, is not um, necessarily as a, you know,
1: as an art historian, correct? No, no. He worked for over 42 years as a deli clerk in his local Pathmark. So it's this goes to show you that um, you know people can hold many surprises professionally, absolutely.
0: Well, again, that special uh, day at the museum with George. They're calling it Sunday in the Museum with George. It will be Sunday, November eighth at one p m. Again, it's at the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives, and that's located at one ninety six. Chief Bill Harris Way, which is formerly Blaisdell Road, uh, and the corner of Blaisdell and Orangeburg Road in Orangeburg. Um, That's uh, a donation of $5 is requested. Um, And again, that's November 8th, which is a Sunday at 1 p.m. So this exhibition... um, started in April and goes through November 15th. What's next for
1: the museum? Oh, next, there'll be quite a different exhibit. We're going to be celebrating preservation in Orange Town. So this year marks the 50th anniversary of the New York State Landmarks Preservation Commission. So, And also um, the efforts to preserve Taipans historic sites. So we thought this was the year to celebrate this kind of movement. So the exhibit will advocate for preservation, and we're going to use success stories, such as the Seth House and the John Green House, for examples. We want people to consider rehabilitation, restoration, and reconstruction, and just point out that alternative use is cool and is something to be considered. So we're hoping that we're going to really engage the community into this effort. And that exhibit will open in April. Coming up oh, April. that's great. Excellent.
0: Uh, yeah, I think um, our last uh, Crossroads of Rockland History, we featured the John Green Preservation Coalition, mm-hmm. and we know that the very exciting news, I think Senator Carlucci also talked about it on his last show, just how exciting it is that that house was donated by mm-hmm. the bank, uh, the financial institution donated it to that nonprofit group, so they are going to be restoring that, and uh, that's a very exciting thing. Yeah. Um, and I know that uh, Mary Cardenas, who's the director of the museum, was very involved in that. So yes, yes, um, that's that's wonderful news. So, um, tell us a little bit now. Uh, is the Tepan patent also on view in in the museum right now? No, it is not. not. Okay. No. If if one were to want to see that, it, um, how how does one see the Tapan patent?
1: Well, we do have it in our archives. The best idea is to call, make a make an appointment, mm-hmm. and we can take it out and, and okay, show anyone who want to see it and you do you you have displayed that in the past is yes, that correct yes we have we okay, have very and good but people if someone has a special research project or is working on a dissertation or a school project they really can call us and make an appointment we love we love helping local historians so it's that's great Excellent.
0: Um, So that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Elizabeth Scrabonia, for being here today. Uh, The exhibition, again, is from Holland to here. It is open Tuesdays and Fridays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and Sundays, 1 to 4. And uh, if those times are not convenient... Uh, you can call and see if there's another time uh, at which you could make an appointment. Admission is free, but donations are greatly appreciated. And again, that location is the Depew House, which is located at 196 Chief Bill Harris Way in Orangeburg on the corner of Chief Bill Harris Way, which is also known as Blaisdell Road and Orangeburg Road. Uh, Their web address is orangetownmuseum.com. Or you can call them. Their number is 845-398-1302. And of course, the museum welcomes group tours, school groups, and scout groups. Uh, Keep in mind that all the information that we discussed, uh, all of the contact information for our guests, as well as a recording of this broadcast, will be available at rocklandhistory.org. Now I understand from Steve that there's been some uh, interest in our Golden Anniversary Event: Rock and Roll Never Forgets. Um, we've been advertising this now throughout the month. Um, we're we're pleased that this episode of Crossroads of Rock and History was sponsored by this event. This event is going to be Saturday, October third, at eight p.m. at the RCC Cultural Arts Theater in Suffern. And again, it's called Rock and Roll Never Forgets with Dennis Elsis. Uh, you know the voice that warm. Uh, Voice of, of legendary New York City radio personality Dennis Elsis He, for many years, was at WNEW. He's now uh, at WFUV and on SiriusXM Classic Vinyl. And uh, it's a live multimedia experience, and and it's going to be music and highlights from his interviews throughout his career, including interviews with John Lennon, Elton John, Jerry Garcia, and more. Um, it's a wonderful show. It's about an hour long. He's going to do a Q&A at the end. Um, tickets are $25 for non-members or $20 for Historical Society members. Tickets are available now. You can get them by visiting rocklandhistory.org. Or you can call the Historical Society at 845-634-9629. Eight four five six three four nine six two nine, and again the uh, it's October third, Saturday night, eight p.m., and it's rock and roll never forgets with Dennis Elsis, and I hope to see a lot of you there. It's going to be great. We've uh, and the good news is we are providing this radio station WRCR five pairs of tickets to give away, uh, so hopefully you can tune in and. Uh, we will hopefully see some of you winners at the event. Um, our next Crossroads of Rock and History will be Monday, October nineteenth, right after the Stephen Meredith show at ten ten a.m. And we'll explore one of the most notorious court cases in Rockland history, the Cleary Newman murder case. I hope you'll tune in. You can visit our website again to find out about all of our wonderful events and programs on tap. And uh, that's Um, www.rocklandhistory.org. You can call us, of course, again. That number is 845-634-9629. You can also check us out on Facebook. We have a nice growing group of friends and fans on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. We have a Tumblr blog at Crossroads of Rockland History on Tumblr. And... Almost all of our broadcasts are archived at rocklandhistory.org, too. So if you're ever interested in listening to any of our uh, past episodes, please feel free to go to our website to listen to those. Uh, If you want to get on our mailing list, just go to our landing page, rocklandhistory.org. Down at the bottom of that page is a little box. Type in your email address, and you will be on the list to get our e-blasts and our newsletters. So once again, I'm Claire Sheridan. Thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and wrcr.com.